welcome. Happy Monday, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. For multiple decades, we've been coming to you right here at 800-951-0592. The website, which according to Ramon, not working wonderfully at allamericangold.com. And, and uh, I'll just say that I have a huge announcement. Big. Like, super, super big. We're almost there. I, 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 this is a, and I apologize for, but for Colorado, I will be up in Colorado uh, in March. Be ready for that. I will give details. Uh, we are getting ready to open in a, a physical office location in Colorado. We are also getting ready to have a second hour in Colorado. All of that coming. Uh, I've been working very, very diligently with Sharon up at KHNC, the mothership. Matter of fact, we worked all weekend long, phone calls, emails, uh, trying to get all the finishing touches on that. I, I, we're, we're just about there. We're right on the precipice. I don't want to jinx it, uh, but all of that coming, uh, hopefully by tomorrow, we'll be able to give you a lot more detail. But Colorado, get ready. Uh, Patriot Trading Group, not only are we going to come up, uh, see everybody up there. We're, we're going to have a grand opening of our new location and add a second show. we got a lot of stuff coming all over the country, all over the world. Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, we're, we are getting ready uh, for what is coming. And I'll say this before we get to We've got a lot of ground to cover again today. But Sunday. As in between working on this this deal that we've been trying now for the last several weeks to put together, I took the family to the Renaissance Festival. Uh, for those of you that have never been to the Renaissance Festival, I think it's awesome. You know, but I'm a weird I'm a weirdo. I love the I love family time. You know, we call it family fun day and. And, you know, my, our kids are getting older now, so we don't get nearly as many as these, and so we cherish them a little more. But uh, it's all the way out in uh, Gold Canyon. And for those of you that don't know, it's an hour. Yeah, it's, it's an hour. You, you drive an hour out there, and people are all dressed up in, you know, knights and, and uh, I don't even know, elves and all this other stuff. And they got oh, elves. Yeah, court jesters. Court jesters. No, no elves. Actual elves too, like with the elf ears and and. Santa Claus elves. No, not those kind of elves. Okay. The, the fairies. Fairies. Is that a better word? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And huge monsters. Uh, turkey legs. Ma- yeah, yeah, the massive turkey legs that yeah. you could li- they, they could be used as a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Like a yeah, like a club. <laughs> like, a <clone>. <laughs> <laughs> like the Flintstones, you know. Yeah. They, uh, right? And uh, and I was thinking as as we were out there because we hadn't been in probably ten years. Yeah. And because the kids were younger, uh, it's gotten much much bigger, and and we actually had a great time. But I was thinking about you know the. The overselling, you know, it's it's so frustrating because you can't watch CNN anymore. That's it's unwatchable, right? Because all is that you know, it's so jaded and slanted, and 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 now you know Fox 
this turned into the same thing in the other direction, and it's so hard to watch. But I was thinking about, you know, the the great tax cuts. If you're one of the fortunate, you know, five, about 5 million people or so now, they say, got something. Uh, you know, some people, I guess, that uh, probably like $1,000 on the high end, $250 on the low end. Uh, but here's what, it, you know, I was just doing a little math. Four tickets was $104. Wow. Yeah. Um, we had four drinks. And, and I will say this. The tickets, you know, 26 bucks a pop uh, for the adults. The actual food and drinks inside the place, I was like, oh, man, they, they could have charged way more. I was really, I really felt that way. Four drinks was only twelve dollars, three bucks for a lemonade. Now, you know, we weren't drinking beers and in wine and cocktails or anything like that. But soft drinks, soft drinks and lemonades were three bucks. So you know, there's four of us. We had four drinks. Uh, my oldest son bought a crown. You know, like the, you know, like a king. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, a crown. Yeah, a crown. crown. Right. Okay. And everyone, my lord, my king, as he's walking through the, yeah, uh, that was $35. For a crown. For a crown. Uh-huh. My other son ha- bought a Viking horn that, you know, you blow in, makes the horn sound. Yeah. I mean, $40, right? right? My wife, she likes this Egyptian musk a perfume, for lack of a better term, and they had it there. And that was $18. That's pretty good. Okay, so, you know, not horrible. Right. Uh, we had lunch there, and like I said, the food was, you know, for the four of us, like $30. That's I, not bad. I was, I thought, again, yeah. I said it wasn't bad. Me, yeah. no. me and my older son, we had the bread bowl. Yes. And there were only six bucks. I was like, yeah, I, it was awesome. But uh, then, you know, they have the contest. And my wife, back in the day, she was a good athlete. And, and we tend to be a little competitive. And, you know, we've thrown axes with our kids. We've, you know, done archery with our kids. We've shot, you know, a target shooting with the kids. We've done all of this stuff. But they, they had knives, you throw knife throwing, which we had never done. And they had axe throwing as well, but that was too easy, according to our kids. And... So we said, bring it on. Let's just say the parents got shut out in the knife-throwing competition. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Huzzah! So here we are, Gateway family at the Renaissance Festival. We're getting ready for the jousting event. There's the knife-throwing booth. So we all had to get in there, you know, all four of us. It was so, so it was twelve dollars for the four. You got five knives for three bucks, and my oldest son wins. Right, he he was the only one that actually got a knife to stick into the wood. And my wife, being the competitive individual that she is, well, we need a rematch. So we actually spent $24 on knife throwing. And just so you know, my younger son actually stuck to the next round. And uh, let's just say mom and dad got shut out. And uh, we we held our head in shame as our kids dominated us in the knife throwing event. But we spent $263 at the 
uh, Renaissance Festival, and I just got to thinking, that's about what all most people got. <laughs> right? If you got anything at all from the tax cut, it's worth one day at the Renaissance Festival here in town. By the way, they had, I will say this, they did have some expensive options. They had this thing called the Feast, 70 bucks a pop if you wanted to spring for that, which didn't include uh, the price of admission. So if maybe those people that did a little better, if you got like uh, 500 or or 1,000, you could have sprung for the Feast at the Renaissance Festival. But, yeah, that's what we did. It was We had a lot of fun. I mean, we did. It was It was a good time, but, you know, that's just what it cost anymore. Uh, so one day at the, the Renaissance Festival set us back 263 bucks, And I just, you know, I wanted to give a little perspective, you know, because, God, it's getting so hard. I'm getting to watch. I'm, you know, like Fox, they, they, they scroll these companies like they're giving away billions and billions of dollars to, to the workers. And um, I think Goldman Sachs came out again today, said, stock buybacks, we're going to break a record. <laughs> Which, of course, that's where the vast majority of the money was going, but uh, it's getting to that point where can't we just deal with things honestly? I mean, really? I mean, you can't watch CNN. Now I can't watch Fox. I can't watch anything because it's all slanted and, and they they misrepresent facts and they don't want to talk about reality it's really frustrating. It really, really is. No wonder why so many people have just tuned out. I get it. Single family new home. So new homes here. So remember last week, existing home sales shocked everybody because there was so much lower. Everybody was expecting an increase. I don't know why they would expect that. Rates are rising. It's going to crush sales. Sales of single-family new homes fell for the second straight month in January, weighed down by steep declines in the Northeast. Nobody cares about the Northeast. Northeast and the Midwest really don't don't really matter, and I hate to say that, but they don't really matter in home sales. Either way, either in existing or new, they're, they're relatively small. All the big numbers are the South and the West, and it fell big drop in the South. Uh, as well, the Commerce Department said Monday new home sales dropped 7.8%. Here's the funny thing. They were down almost 10% in November. Uh, annualized rate down to 593000 uh, the lowest level since August. Uh, there was a small uptick, the first uptick I've seen in any report. Small uptick in, in the December new home sales, but still, like I said, down almost 10% in December uh, to 643000 Then January comes in at 593000 These economists, I don't know who these economists are, but uh, they were expecting sales to rise. Uh, but they missed it by, by over 50,000 units. Sales fell 33% in the Northeast. Like I said, no one really cares that much. 14% drop in the South. Only a 1% rise in the West. The Midwest uh, was up 15. The, the the Northeast was down 33. Those ones, like I said, they're such a small number. Uh, it, it really is really about the, the West and the South. They said that uh, permits fell as well. Now, they say 
home sales are being constrained by a shortage of houses. It says it right here in the article. But the funny thing is, is now there's over a six-month supply of new homes on the market. And, of course, that is supposed to be the number. A supply of six to seven months is viewed as a healthy balance. So according to this report, there is a healthy number of new homes available to be bought, just not as many people buying them. Home prices continue to remain elevated. And, of course, remember, we told you about the rise. Of rate, and this was a January number. And, yes, rates started spiking, you know, in January, but really didn't really get into the mortgages uh, until the end of January and into February before you saw those big jumps in the 30-year. Uh, but already having a major effect on home sales uh be interesting to see what happens uh, to the GDP forecast uh, now that uh, we've gotten both existing home sales and new home sales down. And I don't know what everyone expected. You know, rising, raising rates is going to make all of these things far, far more expensive. All of the monthly payments are going up. Uh, Goldman Sachs, I don't know if it was, I want to make sure I give credit to who the right, the right individuals here. Let me just give me one second. It's live radio. You never know what I'm going to say. Yeah, so four and a half percent. If the 10 year note hits four and a half percent, the stock market is going to lose 25% of its value. That's that's what they're saying now. So we got a 10-year note somewhere between, you know, 2.85 and 2.9. We had uh, tomorrow, I think, is it tomorrow or Wednesday, Jerome Powell is going to testify in front of Congress, but they already gave the what he's going to say. Most everybody interprets the, we're, we're probably going to get three rate hikes. That's what they're saying for 2018. That would put us at that 2%, right? They're fixated on 2%. Somehow the Federal Reserve, if inflation's 2%, the 10-year, or in the Fed funds rate's 2%, we can stay in Goldilocks. Ridiculous. But that would mean about 75 basis points, give or take. So somewhere approaching 4%. On a ten-year note, they didn't say what that would do, but apparently, at four and a half percent, a ten-year note at four and a half percent will break Wall Street. In case you were wondering, that's the new that's the new number, right? They just you know they they come up with a number. First, it was two point six, right? And then uh, they went through that. Oh well, let's erase that. Uh, and then it was three percent, and now they're saying, well, we're almost there. Let's erase that at four and a half percent on a ten-year. The stock market would fall 25%. That's not my data. That's somebody else's. That's uh, what uh, Goldman Sachs said. No, by the way, they also said it's going to be a record year for stock buybacks as well. You know, wouldn't that really be a kick in the you-know-what if you you spent billions of dollars buying back your stock and then it still fell 25%? Yeah, that wouldn't be so good. Uh, but, But anyway, here's a report that came out of kelpers for those of you that 
don't know Kelpers. They're, that's California's retirement, right, for all the California state workers. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about them lately, uh, but there was a big report out, I guess, over the weekend talking about, you know, over and over and over, uh, pensions are in deep trouble. Well, here's what came out of Kelpers uh, just the just over the weekend in an editorial laying out the essence. I like that. Here's the essence of the California pension crisis. Now, they, they California, and, I, and obviously we don't live in California, but they've been telling you, oh, we were, we're doing real good. Right? The budgets are doing real good. And every state tries to say that. They do that in Arizona all the time. But they don't actually pay for any of the pension. Was exposed when the $350 billion. Think about that. $350 billion. That would be double the size of the world's largest hedge fund. Uh, Ray Dalio Bridgewater is the largest hedge fund. I think they have $160 billion. They said that Kelper's board voted to change the period of recouping future investment losses from 30 years to 20 years. Well, that may not sound like much. It would require California state government and thousands of local government agencies and school districts to ramp up their mandatory contributions to the trust fund. See, this is what happens when they, they start running out of money. <laughs> they simply change the rule. Hey, you know what? I know we said it was going to be 30 years, but you know what? We're doing some math here. And, yeah, we're going to be out of money sooner than that, so we need to make a change. And now, all of a sudden, all of these agencies are going to have to come up with billions. How do you think they're going to get it? Already complaining about double-digit increases into the payment that are driving some people towards insolvency. And this is the part no one wants to talk about. Right? Everywhere you turn around, and I don't care if you're in the private sector or the public sector, everywhere you turn around, they're in your pocket. Hey, we need an extra 15 or $20 a paycheck for insurance. We need an extra $25 or $30 a month for for pensions. We need an extra $15 or $20 for family leave. Or we need an extra this or an extra that. Kelpers has no choice because America's largest pension fund found itself on the brink. See, but Wall Street went up 40% last year, and it didn't help at all. Matter of fact, it actually got worse because it's unpayable. The policy change is one of several steps it's taking to avoid a complete meltdown. Have you heard about it? Has anybody talked about it? Of course not. CalPERS, which once was more than 100% funded, is now down to less than two-thirds funded. And it assumes that it will have an earnings investment target of 7% a year. 
which everybody argues is way too optimistic. <laughs> I mean, how bad of an investor do you really have to be? But this is part of the problem. Again, if the if the Fed funds rate was where it would normally be, somewhere around five or six percent. Calpers could buy 10-year notes as far as the eye could see and get over 7%. Problem is, can't do that. Does officials fear that it was... Excuse me, I lost my place here. Officials fear that we're to uh, experience another big investment loss. It would pass the point of no return and never be able to pay the pensions they promised. No one read that. Well, well, you know what? That's what you do. You release it on the weekend so you don't have to actually worry about anybody reading it. Three California cities have already gone bankrupt in recent years, and now pension burdens are starting to mount up. And this is another thing about the the tax law that people didn't talk about. Because of what they did with the state deductions now, California is going to be very hard-pressed for actually raise taxes to pay for it. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. As the conservative movement wrestled with how to face newly elected President Barack Obama, Phyllis Schlafly was writing about a term that would come to define America under the Obama administration. This new term was social justice. Phyllis Schlafly correctly identified social justice as a banner under which liberal identity politics is found. Let's take a look at the January 2009 Phyllis Schlafly Report and learn more about our biggest enemy in the culture war. Social justice is inseparable from the concept of identity politics, the targeting of specific groups for support by saying that another group is causing them harm or disadvantage. Social justice provides the moral imperative to end those disparities between peoples at any cost. Aside from its close ties to identity politics, the primary defining feature of social justice is its close ties to the anti-American sentiment that pollutes many college campuses. This unpatriotic feeling is illustrated perfectly by one of social justice's foremost proponents. Bill Ayers started his life as a social justice warrior by founding a group of domestic terrorists called Weather Underground. His organization proclaimed their mission to be overthrowing the United States government by bombing public buildings like the U.S. Capitol and the Pentagon. You might assume that a terrorist like Bill Ayers would be locked away in prison, but he actually enjoyed his freedom by becoming a professor at the University of Illinois in Chicago. Ayers' radical anti-Americanism fit in perfectly with his teachings. Social justice teaches that America is corrupt and skewed in favor of the privileged to the detriment of the poor and disadvantaged. As Ayers put it, this society is not a just and fair and decent place. Of course, his statement couldn't be further from the truth. America is the most socially just nation the world has ever known. Anyone, regardless of skin color, sex, ethnicity, or wealth, can prosper with hard work and wise choices. 
Let's make sure the next generation knows that optimism and patriotism ought to be the attitude of anyone fortunate enough to enjoy the fruits of American society. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. It's no secret that globalists are bent on destroying Western culture. Whether the threat comes from inside or outside our borders, America must be protected from cultural Marxism and those who would deny American sovereignty. We're seeking your insight at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll-free number. Uh, talking about calipers being broke. Talking about car sales. Uh, well, we haven't even got to that yet. We'll get to car sales in a minute. Uh, and debt levels and all of these things being unfunded and unpayable uh, over the weekend. The debt jumped another $42 billion. <laughs> We've now uh, hit $20.8 trillion. And I laugh only because in January there was these headlines, oh, uh, the debt, uh, government ran a uh, budget surplus in January despite Trump tax cuts, and it was all baloney because it had, the the debt ceiling had been suspended again and I said you know this huge bounce back was coming in February uh, we've now added and it's amazing in five and a half months we've added over a trillion dollars to the deficit in five and a half months now granted some of it was because you know the debt ceiling was suspended before right and then we when we got unsuspended we had a big jump uh jumped 300 billion dollars in a single day uh the deficit uh now starting to cause people a little heartburn out there and you think about what what goldman sachs said hey a 10-year note at four and a half percent going to be deadly and you think about what that means, right? So we're about, let's just say we're at three, okay? And I know we're not quite at three, but let's just call it three. And they're going to do three rate hikes this year, allegedly. I mean, because they know already. I mean, they already know. And 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 let's just say that that's the number. That means we're going to be, what, three right rate hikes away from our all-out catastrophe? And that's assuming that they can keep interest rates relatively close. It used to be. And and I know it's hard to remember, right? Because they want you to pretend that history has never happened. They forget all the stuff we told you in the 80s. Forget about what we told you in the 90s. None of that matters anymore. Right? They used to say the debt, as long as it stayed below 3% of GDP, it was okay. Right? Which was nonsense, but that's what they said. It jumped over 5% in less than half a year. Guess what? It's going to do that every every six months, as far as the eye can see now. We're not going to like it. It used to be when you got the 55, you put your money into bonds. Right, because the stock market was way too risky. Of course, now they pretend that we get Goldilocks. 
right? You can't do that now, right? Because it used to be, hey, you get 8%. You go to get a CD, you get 7%, right? You live off the interest. It's going to be great. And, and now, think about today. It used to be if the Fed's funds rate was at 5%, the 10-year note would be somewhere around 7 to 7.5, and, and it varies. But somewhere between 2 and 2.5% 2 and over the Fed funds rate. It was that way for decades. Now we're going to say we're going to have a Fed funds rate of 2%. Right? That's the, you know, we get three rate hikes this year. It'll end the year at 2% which would mean that with a 10-year note should be somewhere between 4 to 4.5%, which is the the no-go area now, well, the new no-go area. I'm sure they'll change it as we get up there. And then you start thinking about the amount of debt that we're piling on. And I have, there's no doubt in my mind. See, right now, we're only about, what, a percent and a half? maybe a percent and three quarters over the Fed funds rate, right? Because we're at one and a quarter now. We're just under 3%. I actually believe the three rate hikes is going to push that 10-year note to be somewhere between 4 and 4.5% because of the amount of debt we got to sell. I mean, just, just think about it logically for just half a second. Look at what every bond auction has done in the last four weeks. It's not like there was a one-off, right? Oh, one-off here, one-off. No, every single auction is the same. The bid-to-cover ratios have fallen and fallen significantly, which means there's less and less people that want to buy them. Which means that you have to the, you have to pay more to get the ones that are there to do it. At the same time, you now have to sell record levels, and now we're adding a trillion dollars to the debt every six months. That's the real number. It really is. You know, they talk about oh, the debt's going to be a trillion dollars. That doesn't even count everything. And it doesn't matter how they want to, you know, what paper, you know, it's funny, it's just like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. They act like there's this trust fund. There's no trust fund. They spent the money in the 80s and the 90s. There's a reason why they call them non-marketable securities. Because they never actually bought the security. And then they pretend, uh, the best part, oh, well, we're, they, we collect interest on it. No, <laughs> you don't. Just government debt. And it was okay up until what? About three or four, well, four or five years ago, we stopped collecting enough to pay for it. But then they give you, oh, well, there's the interest on this and that, and we're still not using the truck. Yeah, yeah, or. Because there is no interest. Right? The government pretends, but it's just debt. It just gets added to the debt used to be up until four or five years ago social security and medicare were still providing positive deficit numbers in other words because they were spending it 
that they just weren't reflecting that what they were doing. That's gone. It's gone. And now you're sitting there, and we, we threw all the tax cuts in there, and whether they're good or bad, I don't know. Right now, anyway, for the data that we've seen so far this year, it doesn't look very good. I hope it changes. Problem is, most people aren't really expecting that. According to major car industry research, which you think about it, this is February 26th, so I, I bet they've got most of the data. New U.S. vehicle sales is going to be 4% lower in February. Let's see, car wholesales down 8%, car sales down 4%. You do the math. Painter Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Gold up 4, 13.33. Silver up 7 at 16.57. I still, as much as... As much as I hate it, silver still looking like a fantastic buying opportunity. Still at 80, down down a little bit from Friday, where Friday we almost got to 81, but down to about 80 and a half uh, ounces of silver uh, to pick up uh, one ounce of gold. Uh, by the way, apparently Wall Street loves it. Uh, they <laughs> bad new home sales. Good for Wall Street. It's up 200 points, 230 points as rising mortgage rates hit new home sales far. They also even had one of those uh, survey data numbers out of Chicago that was weaker than expected. But, hey, nobody really cares. All they care about somehow is, hey, we're not going to get four rate hikes, and and I don't think it's going to matter. Three rate hikes, four rate hikes, no rate hikes, 12 rate hikes, doesn't matter. What really matters is who's going to buy all this stuff. A new report out, Donald Trump uh, going to break Barack Obama's record. It doesn't matter if it was Trump or anybody else. Now, now granted, it, did the tax cuts the spending bill add a lot more to the debt? Yeah, but it was already going to get there anyway. Uh, going to be new all-time record levels of debt. And now it looks like they're getting ready for car sales to be significantly lower. Total sales annualized all the way down to 1.275 million units. Uh, 1.275 million units. I guess that's not an annualized number. That's a, a February number. Ford and Chrysler, I guess, well, Fiat, I guess, sorry, are, are expected to be uh, the worst of the bunch. Ford sales expected to fall 6%. Fiat, well, uh, not the worst. Fiat expected to fall 8%. Uh, they said the largest manufacturer in the United States, General Motors, hey, they're only going to fall 5.2%. The largest Japanese maker, Toyota, is going to decline 2.5%. And you get the idea. Among the niche car companies, Hyundai, it's only going to fall uh, about 1%. And then... Uh, Volkswagen, they say, is going to be the the one one gain. Volkswagen, and then Subaru are the only two expected, I guess, uh, to post a gain and for car sales in the month of February. And again, the monthly payment, right? The monthly payment now has gone up 
easily on a just an average new car easily gone up thirty or forty dollars more a month uh, just on the the spike in the interest rates. Let me tell you, what do you think's really going to happen? You really think the debt's going to get the forty trillion and we're going to be able to pedal it off at two, three, four percent? Right, the GDP is going to be what somewhere around twenty trillion. Yet the debt level is going to be forty trillion. It's going to be fine. No, it's Goldilocks out there. Right now, Goldman Sachs got to issue warrant saying, "Okay, at four and a half percent, there's big trouble." Well, does that mean there's a little bit of trouble at three and a half percent, and maybe a little more trouble? At four percent, right? I mean, or is it everything's everything's wonderful until four and a half? I don't know. I can't tell. They didn't say. Uh, but could you imagine Wall Street losing twenty five percent? And by the way, that twenty five percent that would essentially bring you back to where we were uh, on election night. I mean, to, to put things in perspective as to uh, how fast things are happening. And when we're going trillions and trillions of dollars into debt every year now, think about that. We're going to approach $2 trillion in 2018. Now, you turn on the idiot box, I'll say a trillion. But the real numbers do not lie. And think about it. So in five and a half months, we've added $1 trillion to the national debt. And, and we haven't even really hit the big ramp-ups yet. You know, and, it, and it's kind of interesting uh, to think about. Uh, here's the, the, the latest report, too, when we talk about these tax cuts and how I said, you know what, the news is unwatchable anymore because they just lie. They just misrepresent. They scroll all of these companies. They pretend everybody got $1,000. You know what would have been better? A 50-cent raise would have been much better. You know, a 50-cent raise. Assuming now, and granted, you know, not that most people work 40 hours, but let's just say you, you got the 40 hours a week in, that'd be an extra $20 a week. At the end of the year, that'd be $1,040. But the nice part was, guess what? Next year, you'd still have the 1040 And the year after, the year after, instead, what did they do? Eh, let's throw you a little one-time shot thing, and then it's over. An increasing topic, 2008, now a historic year when it comes to stock buybacks. Year to date, $171 billion of stock buyback announcements, the most ever for this early in the year. So if you take the first, what are we at, the first seven months of the year now, $171 billion. By the way, the 10-year average, which also has the second highest level, which was 09, $77 billion. According to to data by Goldman, the revised forecast for corporate cash use is only getting bigger. Uh, Chief Equity Strategist David Costin revised his prior forecast which was going to be the second all-time highest, now expects expects 2018 corporate cash outlays will grow to $2.5 trillion. 
<laughs> Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back. Final segment on a Monday. <laughs> Let's review. Let's see. Uh, car sales down. Going to be down again. In, we're down in January, down again in February. Existing home sales, new home sales, down, right there, down in December, down even big, well, actually December is pretty big too. Very big drops in December and January. The amount of national debt, way up, right? We just went a trillion more dollars in debt in five and a half months. Interest rates are rising, yet somehow it's all fine, right? We're still on Goldilocks. I mean, that that's what you have to believe. Right, and we've got this the huge tailwind of stock buybacks. Yeah, that's going to do it. We 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 played that card once already. Now Goldman's actually, you know what? We this thing's changing real quick. <laughs> Every week the announcements keep getting bigger and bigger. This is the third straight week in a row they've had to revise up the amount of buybacks. And somehow they're going to convince you that one day at the Renaissance Festival is going to lead us to an economic revival. 800-951-0592. This is one of those days. Not We don't really have a, a special today other than call Wendy. We got some things. Got some product uh, in the vault that we're ready to wheel and deal on. 800-951-0592. I think the big, the big moment of the week, and of course they just, they're making this a big moment, right? Somehow Jerome Powell, in all of his infinite wisdom, a guy no one even knew his name, you know, six months ago, is going to testify in front of Congress and somehow give us all this great wisdom from a group of people that have never seen a bubble, right? Never saw a bubble coming and still can't see one. And they say, oh, it's so hard to see. The same group of people, they lie about inflation. They lie about jobless claims. They lie about how healthy the economy is. And they misrepresent the price of debt. And they did it for over a decade. And somehow that this guy is going to give us clarity. We're going to be we're going to have economic salvation. I'm pretty sure. You know, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just I don't get it. But if I could spend two trillion dollars more than we took in, I think I could get three percent GDP growth myself. Right, right. I mean, we take in three trillion, but we spend five trillion. What's what could go wrong? Right? What could possibly go wrong? 800-951-0592. Yeah, so that's what we'll be waiting for. Jerome Powell, uh, his testimony in front of Congress. But we kind of already know, right? They they sent out the deal. They're all talking about, you know, we don't want to go and hurt GDP growth. None of them have a GDP. None of them even have a forecast of 3%. I think the highest I've seen out of them is two seven, and at two point seven, the debt gets a lot bigger. <laughs> I just say it because that means we got even less out of the tax cuts than what we were hoping for. And, and the reality is, 
at least what I can see anyway. Hopefully it changes. Companies are just, hey, we got enough people. We're just going to buy back our stock. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.